Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hi, I'm Holly Randall. And welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry. And as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, my guest is a Twitch streamer and adult performer who was nominated for two AVN Awards this year, and she was just crowned the Professional Newcomer of the Month on Pornhub, which is new as far as I know. Let's welcome Dan Dangler. Hi. (laughs) Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. So first off, I'm kind of curious about your name because it's unusual. Everybody asks. So I got to ask too, where did it come from? (laughs) I say that it was like from soccer. It's just a username in video gaming. That's the whole point of it. It's just, it sounds like a guy as well. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. Somebody clicks on my Twitch. They're going to stay on my Twitch for like six seconds longer and be like, oh, that's not a guy. So it's just a little bit longer they remember me for. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted something like that. So that's all it really came from. I just tried to get something that rhymed with my name. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. And it was something that like would be unexpected. Yeah. So people would be like, wait a minute. that's Yeah, I went with the Dan because everybody – and it's, it's such a male-dominated like area too. Mm-hmm. And so – Video gaming. Yeah. So that and that's where you got started. You got yeah. started on Twitch. So tell us a little bit about those origins. Well, I actually started like I got into content creation. Like I did a little bit of modeling for fun, um, but that didn't go very far because I got with a modeling agency and I hated it because they mm. were so like uptight and just like watch. I just it wasn't my thing. This is mainstream modeling. Yeah. So yeah. I did like auto shows and all that stuff and. Um, and I did some modeling for Audi, and that was like really cool. But I didn't like I didn't like it. And so then I went to Twitch and I played video games. Didn't expect it to blow up. I was just looking for some friends to mm-hmm. hang out with while I was in school. You know, because it's hard to you don't get a lot of free time in school. Mm-hmm. You just have like you know an hour, then you got to get back to writing a paper or something. Mm-hmm. So I um it was just my fun little escape while I was in school and then it just blew up all of a sudden and I was like well what the hell do I do with this like you know where were you when you were going to school you don't have to say the name of the school I was in well I was in it's called Oakland University and it's in Michigan okay and I was working and I was teaching like teens and taking care of a building full of like teenagers and going to school and then I just streamed on the side for fun Wait, you were taking care of a building full of teenagers? Yeah, it wasn't you my... You were like a, like a landlord? Like a no, apartment um, manager? So it was this place. It was supposed to like educate like children after school, but like fun, kind of like a after school wreck. Okay. Kind of kind of deal. Okay. I don't know, boring, but I hated it. <laughs> if you're watching this old boss, I hated that job. <laughs> Stupid name, Club Educate. Anyway. Why did you hate it? Because, I mean, who... If I'm 16, I don't want to go to a place called Club Educate the hell it's for teenagers that's boring wait hold on hold on you're 16 you're a teenager 
Yeah, I'm saying it was for like teenagers and stuff to come and like hang out at and have fun, but also like learn. You if, my, if my mom dropped me off at Club Educate after school, after I've been, you know, learning all day. You don't want to learn anymore. No. That's enough learning. Yeah. The kids <laughs> didn't either. They didn't want to. Nobody wanted to be there. That's why it didn't work. Anyway, so glad that job went under. So, okay. So you start gaming and you're streaming on Twitch. And so you initially just went on there literally just a game like you weren't seeing Mm -hmm. it as a career no not at all and then so how did it get so big well people just kept joining well so i would go from video gaming to um like just chatting and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and put on my makeup and talk to the couple people that i met then all of a sudden it just started started getting bigger and bigger more people and i was like oh shit i have to like put like a whole like script to this thing not script but like outline to what Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be doing during these things and it just slowly started to become more and more like real and more I don't know pro I guess you would say versus being just like somebody who did it for fun right you know and then I like have a little bit of experience with Twitch but not much so once you get to like a certain audience size right you kind of move up in terms of whether or not you can be an affiliate and make money. Yeah. And how does, like, the monetary thing work on Twitch? You get money pretty soon okay. after, afterwards. You just have to have a couple of viewers at a time concurrently, which, as a female, you can get, get affiliate like that because yeah. it's a male-dominated platform, so you're, like, guaranteed to get viewers for sure because right. males want to talk to females. But um, it's a really hard platform to hit the, like, top as a yeah. female because it is very male-dominated Um you know what I mean? Like they. So it's like easy to get into that kind of mid range, but it's exactly. hard to get to the top top. It's extremely easy to get to the mid range. Right. Like okay. Easy to affiliate. Easy to make a job out of it as a female. Yeah. But it's so hard. You can't. You can't become a top streamer as a female. It's impossible. Really? Yeah. There isn't any. There's not no. a single one. They've done like top 100 streamers, and where there's been like one or two girls in it. Wow. And stuff like that. So. What do you mm-hmm. think that is? I think it's just men relate to men more. And mm-hmm. it's mostly men on the platform. The girls on the platform want to talk to the men. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's just the male, just currently male dominated at the moment. So, yeah. so, okay. So at like, at what point did you realize you're like, wow, I'm doing really well. Like how many followers constitutes like a really strong Twitch account? Um. Well, I would say when I started hitting numbers that my people I was watching were hitting like my people I looked up to were hitting like and I would say that started around 300 500 viewers at a time Mm -hmm. that was when I was like oh like this is that's crazy I remember looking at so-and-so and and they had that many and being like that's crazy Mm -hmm. and then it just you know keeps growing and growing Mm -hmm. and it's yeah are you streaming anymore yeah I stream four times a week and how many (laughs) how many viewers do you generally have these days it so depends. I'm definitely over 3K, but, like, I can – I hit 12K the other day doing this, like, thing where you, you hold your boobs and you pretend that you, you're not wearing a shirt. Okay. It's just the meta. That's what they call it. And um, and you look naked, and I had 12,000 viewers. Wow. It's just little – Didn't little Twitch teases. get really anal about um, – nudity like implied nudity like didn't they ban like streaming in bikinis for a while but now I heard they're allowing certain people to go topless yeah it's definitely they're just trying to go with the trends you know um if they have competitors they definitely want to go with you know we're going to be more lenient now Mm -hmm. towards the nudity if Mm -hmm. competitors go away they're going to go towards you know, making their sponsors happier, which is less nudity, you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I think it just comes down to because they did the you could do implied nudity. And I was sitting there, you know, doing implied nudity with 12K. And then three days later, they pulled that rule really quickly. They're like, that's not going to work for us. Like our sponsors or somebody's not happy right now. The implied so, nudity rule. Yeah, so they pulled it really quickly. Oh, wow. So they're trying. They're really trying to give us all we can have, but they have to be in the app store and stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. It's like that it's that struggle, that yeah. back and forth that so many platforms are dealing with these days. Yeah. So what inspired you to branch out into adult? Oh, I mean, the money. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, honest answer. <laughs> Honestly, nothing else. I'm not that really um, – I say this all the time. I'm not that crazy of a sexual person. Like, I'm not – I don't do this because it's – I wouldn't – I'm not part of the lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to orgy parties a- after, you know, tonight. You're mm-hmm. not going to see me at those lifestyle parties. Not that I'm against it. Whatever floats your boat. Um, but you're you're just not going to see me there. I, I just really like that I can earn m- money based off of just like what I have. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's and it's something that I don't mind doing. And it's something that a lot of people do mind doing. So mm-hmm. I think it's a perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind being naked. I don't mind doing all those things. So. It's like perfect. But it's not like your your passion. It's not my passion. My passion saving animals. And that I tell everybody that too. Um, all my like fans know that um, my first passion is saving animals. I tell them they're my second passion. <laughs> I love them to death. But like animals is really my passion. Yeah. If I wasn't trying to like do, open up my own sanctuary or something like something like that, then I wouldn't be doing this, I don't think. Where do you think that comes from? That love of saving animals. I've always loved animals and I had, I don't know, I've always had animals growing up. If I was upset, I went to my animals. I made them emotional support animals even Mm -hmm. if they weren't emotional support animals. Yeah. And yeah, they just always slept with me growing up and I don't know. I I became a vegetarian when I was in seventh grade and and my parents were like, you're not going to be a vegetarian. And I was like, yes, I am. And. Just something weird in my head that I've always known mm-hmm. that I was, like, meant to do. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's – you it your relationship with animals lacks that complicated, you know, entanglement that you have with people. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> They're just – they just love you because they love you, and that's that's kind of all that there is to it. And there's something nice and simple about that kind of love. Yeah, and, like, a lot of people go to school for things that – they're not really passionate about and they're in jobs that they're not really passionate about. So when I say that, like, this isn't my first passion, a lot of people get surprised by that. But I'm like, I'm just being honest, you know, it's just where I've ended up in life and I don't mind where I am. I'm very grateful for the position I'm in. I like my job. It's not like I dislike it. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I want to be somewhere else down the line is my goal. You know, it's really interesting that you say that because I think about how often adult performers are put on the defensive and how they have to always say, no, 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 I love my job. Like, I love it so much. It's everything I ever wanted. And so many people, you're right, their jobs are just what they do. They don't mind them. I mean, some people hate their jobs. Yeah. But they it's what they do to, you know, make the living that they want so they can do the things that they care about. In your yeah. case, rescuing animals. I mean, exactly. there's probably very few cashiers at Vons that are, like, really passionate yeah, about, like, you know checking I mean. out your groceries. When they do what they're do- – they don't mind doing the cashier job at yeah. Vons, so they do it. And yeah. they can do what they want with their life. Right. Well, and, I, and I know there's a lot of difference between, you know, running – um, watermelons through the register and like <laughs> asparagus and broccoli and like sucking dick. I get that. Yeah. But I think that people are so shocked by the idea of having sex on camera for a living in front of people for the world to see that they can't imagine that you could do that in such a casual way. But it kind of sounds like that's sort of like what it's like for you. Yeah, it's totally. And they don't even know. Like, they think that porn is so, like, this this thing that these super horny people, and they don't know that these two people are taking breaks in between. (laughs) They're getting different angles. The guy's sitting in the corner desperately trying to, you know, keep his blood flowing. Yeah. And they don't see all these things that it's not real. It's just putting on a show sure there's real stuff which is mostly the amateur stuff Mm -hmm. and whatnot and there are people who love their job like people like angela white who i've talked to behind closed doors oh yeah no she's i'm born for this right no she's she's (laughs) without a doubt like the perfect example of somebody who's very passionate about yeah but there's no doubt about that me i'm like i'm not passionate about it but i don't mind doing it and you know and i and I stress to the people too, like, you know, these are all coworkers as mm-hmm. well. Like, you're not, people are like, how do you not get emotionally attached and all this stuff too? And they just, they don't get it. It's like a job. That's it how is. I describe it. And it's funny, the amount of like girls I talk to behind closed doors about things will admit, like, they don't, they don't finish when they do scenes. Like, 
They don't orgasm. Okay, I don't oh. know how far I can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say whatever. They don't, yeah, they don't orgasm when they do scenes, you know. Yeah. You don't know how much lube we're using it because it's dry down there sometimes for yeah. people. You're having sex with somebody that you wouldn't have sex with. You wouldn't take home from the bar maybe. Right. You know what I mean? But your coworkers and you know that they're professional and you feel safe doing the scene with them. So that's, I don't know. There's so much to it that yeah. people don't know. And I just like laugh. I'm like, if you only knew. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just like one of those things that you kind of have to experience. You yeah. feel like once you work behind the scenes, you kind of realize that it is very much work. Yeah, it is very much work. But like I will say, though, I enjoy the 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 amateur side of things. So like talking to people, like messaging them and stuff like that on my like OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that stuff. I do enjoy having sex. Mm-hmm. It's not like I hate it. I just yeah, like whatever. But I just and the and the live stuff. I love live stuff. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like the stuff I really enjoy. But mm-hmm. the scenes is just more of a job for me. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, so let's talk about like how you literally got into it, right? So when did you make the decision to transition to adult? What were you made an offer or did you seek it out? I just I seeked it out myself. So girls on Twitch all a bunch of them had OnlyFans and I was like, no, no, I'm never gonna have one. No, whatever. And really I started to think, why am I saying that? And I realized it was because I had people in my life were very judgmental. Mm-hmm. And so once I decided, you know what, fuck that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's my life. Like, why am I taking other people's opinions about something into consideration when I'm being safe, all that stuff? So then I was like, screw this, opened my OnlyFans, and then it just spiraled and became what it is today. Right. Yeah. So what were the first content, pieces of content you put on your OnlyFans? Was it just, like, topless stuff? Or I did a lot of just, like, sexy, like modeling mm-hmm. type vibes at first and then pretty soon I did like a boob pic so mm-hmm. I'm like whatever like I said before I don't mind being mm-hmm. I don't mind being naked so put out a boob pic I got a text message from my mom of my boobs yeah and she's like blah 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 you know all this stuff like freaking was not, out was not happy no oh my god no. you grew up in a very religious household right yeah I'm like the only girl at my like in porn at like my like stage I would say mm-hmm. that has a family that doesn't agree with what they do and like doesn't talk to them because of what they do you're the only girl I don't know any other girls oh, like there's a lot of girls who uh, well I mean you can't say but probably but well I mean yeah I'm and look, people's relationships with their parents change over time. So, I mean, I've definitely had people come on this podcast and say, like, yeah, I don't talk to my parents anymore. But but that, I know that that changes over time. So I yeah. don't want to say, like, for sure. Yeah. Um, even if I could think off the top of my head who said that. Because, like I said, like, sometimes I've been, like, asking everybody. And everybody was, like, even people with, like, priests for, like, dads. Mm-hmm. They're, like, they still talk to their, like, family and stuff like that. But, yeah. Definitely. When I decided to, like, release the judgment of them, that's when I went full-blown. Mm-hmm. So. So tell – can you tell us a little bit about growing up in your household? How strict um, were they? Oh, very strict. I couldn't wear – like, if I wore a V-neck, it was, you know, called out. You know, if I posted a bikini picture on MySpace of me and all my friends hanging out by the pool or Facebook, whatever. Wait, on MySpace? MySpace or whatever Wait, it was. how old are you? I'm 28. Was MySpace around when you were? Yeah, I'm at the end. I'm at. I'm at the. <laughs> I just feel like MySpace was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, I was on MySpace. I felt like nobody knew what MySpace oh, was. Oh, I anymore. got grounded for having sexual songs on my MySpace page. Like, yeah, I got. Oh, I got. I got grounded left and right. My my parents. I don't know. Like sometimes I'm like, was did I grow up fucked up? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, they, I just. Grew up very strict household. My brother had a sickness growing up, still does Crohn's disease, really. He has it really bad. And then my other brother went to Iraq. So they were always, like, on, like, worried about them. So uh-huh. I was kind of always doing my own thing. Right. Vibing, right. And um, so you, I assume, went to church every Sunday, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, until I got a little older. And, and then... Yeah. When do, what are your beliefs on I'm just always curious about people's like belief in like a higher power or God or whatnot. What are your thoughts on that now? 
Um, I got confirmed as a Catholic. I begged my mom not to do it mm-hmm. um, because I said I'm not sure that I want to be a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said it doesn't matter. We're going to get you confirmed, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I am a confirmed Catholic, but I am not a Catholic. <laughs> but do you believe like? I believe that we're here and whatever put us here doesn't want us to know why we're here. Otherwise, we would know why we're here. Hmm. That's how I feel about it. I'm like, we have the ability to like look into the future and be like, oh, this is what the future is probably going to be like. But mm-hmm. we can't look into the past and be like, what made us? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what like. I'm like, maybe it doesn't want us to know. Like, if we mm-hmm. found out how we were made, like, I don't know, everything would explode or something. Well, I mean, maybe that would take away what we call the human experience, right? Yeah. Was, maybe we're in pods somewhere, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, that, yes, that's, that, like, all things are possible, right? <laughs> but, I mean, maybe the part of the human experience is trying to figure out why we're here and, and what our purpose is. And, and also, like, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways you can go with it, right? I just try and I believe in karma. That's what I believe in. Yeah. So if I do something shitty or I think about if I'm like thinking about doing something shitty, I feel like something bad's going to happen to me. So I, I have the same values in that aspect as mm-hmm. a Christian per- person, mm-hmm. treat others with respect and all that stuff. But um, yeah, obviously not in the sex area. <laughs> I have a little <laughs> bit of different morals. <laughs> so and you said that you don't talk to your your parents at all anymore no they don't talk to me actually i should have said Mm. it's a them thing which i actually don't mind talking about because i think it's really important for people in a position of wanting to do something but then they have parents or family in their life that are like holding them back from doing it Mm -hmm. like their judgment like i know a lot of people like their parents want them to be this but they want to be that you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and it's like they don't become what they want because of the judgment in their life Mm -hmm. and that's so shitty like you shouldn't have to conform to be somebody else for somebody else you know yeah it doesn't matter if they're your blood or not yeah and them being your blood should accept you no matter what you do as long as you're not hurting anybody else um or at least have an open mind and have open discussions with you about it um those are the things that you should receive once you decide to make the choices on your own. Right. You know, but I didn't receive those, and that made me realize maybe it's a them problem and not a yeah. me problem. And it took me so long to figure that out. I, my whole life, 28 years, I would say, to let go of my parents' grip finally yeah. and just be myself. Yeah, I mean, that's like the hardest thing. They say that your parents know how to push your buttons because they put them there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I have to say that that's admirable. And I've definitely had people come on the show and talk about how they had to relinquish a toxic relationship with their family and how it was really hard because, you know, we want to believe that the people who made us and the people that we grew up with are the people that should matter the most in our lives Mm -hmm. and should be the most aligned with our values and what we want. And that's not the case for everybody. No. And that shouldn't hold you back from the things that you want to do in your life. Because when you become an adult, like, then you can kind of create your own family. Yeah. You don't have to be bound to the people Mm -hmm. that made you if if that relationship isn't working for you. And that's got to be a really hard thing to accept. It's really hard. And another thing is, too, is, like, you're only with your family. Mm-hmm. Like, as a, as a young, if there's, like, you have a, if there's young people listening to this and they're in this position, like, you're only with your family for so long if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, living with them, like, all that stuff. It's such a small part of your life. The rest of your life is your life. And that's something that's not really taught. Like, that's you true. know, like, I, this is mine. I have to figure this shit out on my own. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. So I'm just, I think it's really important once you decide to make the choice for yourself to do that thing, it really opens up your eyes to how, um, you know, your relationships are with people and how they actually are treating yeah. you. It's interesting when you become an adult and you have that sudden realization that your parents aren't always right and that they're just mm-hmm. human beings like the rest of us trying to make their way in the world and they make mistakes and some of them are just not – great parents yeah you know because the thing is like anybody can have children yeah like you don't have to like take a test or like pass a course you know um so 
it's just, uh, I mean, I remember like, cause you know, I grew up, I think probably like most kids, I grew up thinking that like everything my parents said was right mm-hmm. and everything was gospel. And I remember getting to a, a point when I was growing up and I was like, you know, I think that's not right. Yeah. You're wrong about that. And then like seeing the flaws in them that I never wanted to see before and yeah. then coming to terms with that and then accepting them is like, you know what? They're doing the best they have. They can with what they have. Yeah. And they don't have the best coping skills in this situation or in this situation. And, Mm -hmm. like, that's just how it is. The weirdest part for me is that they raised me with these values Mm -hmm. that they don't hold. You know what I mean? Is I have such different, like, values than them. You know, Mm -hmm. like, the value of family and you know friendship and hearing others out before you cutting cutting them off and Mm -hmm. just all those like not name calling your family members just I have those values that they instilled in me and then to think that they also had them and realize they they don't yeah weird like a really weird like juxtaposition yeah how the hell did I get these but you don't have them yeah you know yeah maybe lacking that self-awareness that you're not you're not living like the the things that you're trying to teach your kid. Like you're not actually. But yeah, it's weird. Internalizing. They definitely. What is it? You you are what you teach. They yeah definitely didn't do that or whatever. They they taught what they taught. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so you said that you grew up in a house where you feel like you couldn't be yourself. Um, so do you feel like you're living as your true self now? Yeah, I struggle with, like, really, really bad anxiety because of my, like, growing up and just not being myself, not feeling confident in myself, like, not even. Like, when I was a kid, this is this has been really sad. Sorry, I keep bringing up, like, no, sad okay. stuff, but we're having good conversation. Wait, so. th- this, on this podcast, we talk about sad shit. <laughs> we are here to ruin boners <laughs> one episode at a time. If you thought you were going to come on this show and you're going to hear some hot shit... We sorry. will get to that later. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So what was I saying? I have to humanize her first before you can objectify her. <laughs> so what were you Sorry, what were you saying? Um, I was saying that you grew up in a house where you felt, you didn't feel like you could be yourself. Do you feel like you can be yourself now? Yeah, um, but with the anxiety. Um, so I wasn't taught certain skills that mm-hmm. I need, you know, um, money, like how to, you know, and everything. Taxes, my. God, that That is like. That is such an issue with so many people. And, yeah. like, it makes me fucking crazy that schools don't teach you, yeah. like, financial responsibility. They'll teach you, like, home ec, like yeah. how to bake a fucking pie <laughs> or how to, like, build a wood box. But they don't teach you life yeah. skills. Like, yeah. wh- why? Yeah. There's a lot of, like, fake 16 and pregnant people walking around with fake bellies and stuff. Like, I've seen, like, men with the fake pregnant bellies on that I went to school with. Wow. You win the home at classes because it was just easy. Oh. You know, but, yeah. Oh, was that, like, the whole, um, this, like, you have to take care of an egg to learn, like, how difficult it is to, like, have a baby? Yeah, so there would be any men that joined the class would just get to walk around with with pregnant bellies for their assignment. Like, this is what it likes to feel pregnant, yeah. which, by the way, isn't even fucking close to what it's like to feel pregnant. Like, there is so much more than goes on. They're just having a big fucking belly. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's funny. But, um, yeah, so I, I got I just I deal with a lot of anxiety and just trying to figure out myself as an adult now. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I deal with a lot of and the anxiety comes from stemming from like being told this is wrong. This is wrong my whole life. So, you know, if I'm on set. And I'm about to do a scene. Sometimes I might like almost feel like I'm about to have a panic attack because I was always told nakedness is wrong. This is wrong. You know, like. So hard to unlearn that. Yeah. Stuff. And so I'm trying to unlearn it. And I try to remember, but I try to break it down and be like, but why is it wrong? Mm-hmm. And try and really break it down and realize it's not me. It's it's just what I've been taught. And so, yeah, that's the hardest part I'm struggling with now. Um being myself like my true self I would say yeah I mean I think that's really impressive that you've gotten as far as you've gotten at the age of 28 because I feel like we spend our entire lives trying to unlearn the bad things that we internalized when we were kids you know what I mean because that's Mm -hmm. just like burned into your brain definitely I mean they say that your brain is pretty much fully hardwired by the time you're nine in terms of the way that you react to certain stimuli and responses and stuff like that so 
if you're growing up in an environment where the act of sex or nakedness was always shamed and put down so that like triggers a certain like Mm -hmm. reaction in your brain like your your the dendrites of your brain literally follow certain paths depending on like how often certain thought processes and my occur. Path is dug like yeah. deep for this naked stuff. What's so interesting is that you can actually completely you can change your brain chemistry over time like with practices and stuff like that like thought practices. It's almost like you know, your brain follows these well-worn paths, right? It's like if you walk the same trail every day, yeah. right? So if you walk the same trail of negativity every day, yeah. it's going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And the t- path to positivity is a road less traveled, right? Yeah. It's got like bushes and brambles growing over yeah. it and no one's hiked that way. But if you start to take that road to positivity more and more often, you start to wear down that trail, you start to push aside those branches, and then the road to negativity starts to become overgrown. So it's like... That's what I'm trying to do but right now. Takes, <laughs> it's but hard. it takes practice. It takes it's years. So it's like, it's a lot of work. So I have to commend yeah. you for even acknowledging that and like working on that that's yeah I think, i'm trying a big part of it <laughs> i'm 45 and i feel like i still haven't figured my shit out so like <laughs> i feel like you're gonna be a wise old sage by the time you're my age you're gonna be like let me tell you how to live your life hopefully <laughs> you'll be at the top of a mountain and you'll be everybody will come to be you sitting for there like cross-legged yes. <laughs> <laughs> meditating <laughs> um so We're all looking for ways to spice up things in the bedroom, right? Well, I've got something that will not only impress your partner, but lead to stronger, more intense orgasms. Introducing Popstar for bigger loads and better taste for the ladies. Popstar isn't just any men's supplement. It's designed for those firework moments. I'm talking stronger, more intense orgasms that you and your partner will absolutely love. Imagine the pleasure, the connection, the wow factor, the confidence in the bedroom. Now, here's the kicker. Popstar actually makes your ejaculate taste better, which, you know, we personally appreciate it. It gives it like a sweet pineapple flavor because we all know spitters are quitters. I mean, who knew that science could be this delicious? And they're serious about health. They're vegan, non-GMO, fair trade, all natural. It's not only effective, but it's safe and healthy to put in your body. And hey, if you're a bit skeptical, they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. So you really can't lose. Why not give it a try? Boost your game and let's make those intimate moments unforgettable. So to all the guys listening and the ladies who love them, make sure that you check out Popstar and see what the buzz is all about. With hundreds of five-star reviews, it's worth a try. Use code HOLLY for an extra 20% off of your first order. You can go to popstarlabs.com slash holly or search for Popstar Pills on Amazon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We all know Adam and Eve is the one-stop shop for everything sexy. And now, with my code HOLLY, you can get any one item for 50% off, plus 10 free gifts. And you'll even get free shipping. So spice up your sex life at adamandeve.com, but only if you use code HOLLY. There was one thing that you said to me when I uh, asked you to send me some information about yourself, is that you don't believe in dinosaurs. No, that's all bullshit. Okay. Please explain this to me. Whoever made up that, what a good thing to make up for money, right? Holy crap. Museums all across the world full of a bunch of fake bones. Why do you think it's fake? Because they are fake. They're all casts made of the real thing. Have you ever met somebody that dug up bones and you've seen them dig up bones? I mean, I don't hang out with a bunch of paleontologists, so I have to say, like, no. Yeah, but I've asked hundreds of people this question nobody has ever been around somebody 
who like isn't yeah my cousin digs up dinosaurs yeah my my uncle works for this person who has di- like dinosaur bones in there blah 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 nothing so I'm like this is bullshit but if I don't you believe consider- in evolution oh I don't oh. okay do your did your parents believe in evolution the, this kind you of you came from a Christian background so yeah but. I got more mainly pushed into Christianity, not Mm -hmm. because they necessarily were the best Christians Mm -hmm. themselves. Okay. Um, But, yeah, no, I just – I didn't believe in – I've never believed in evolution. It doesn't make sense to me. Why why are there still monkeys walking around if we came from monkeys? Mm -hmm. You know, where is the middle ground people that are still transitioning? You know? I think they all died off. Well, I just don't – I don't know. I don't believe in it. I think it's – I'm more of like a I have to like witness it to actually believe it type person. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in like spirits or any of that kind well, of that, stuff. Well, that's that's different. That's not scientifically proven. So you <laughs> don't believe you don't believe like in the scientific method. What about I mean, there's so many things in the world then that you haven't witnessed firsthand. So you don't believe in like any of those things. Some things like some things just don't make sense to me. I can't imagine that there is something. As tall as a skyscraper, like walking around, stepping on things, eating things. Like I can't. I that is so. That's like telling me there's a realist, a real tooth fairy. Like that just doesn't make. King Kong actually exists. Like it's it's pretty fucking crazy. Like to imagine the size of the dinosaurs and how they existed and how they were able to sustain themselves. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I believe in dinosaurs. But <laughs> like don't move me yeah, with this don't, fucking crazy. Yeah, don't. don't. <laughs> Please, like, you're going to get, let me tell you something, you're going to get fucking messages from a lot of angry paleontologists. Good, good. Send them to me. I want to see all your videos of you discovering the bones. You know what you should do? You should do, like, a special video where you meet a paleontologist and he, like, shows you real dinosaur bones and, like, takes you on an expedition. But to me, I'm like, I need to actually discover them myself. You need to discover the bones. I don't yourself. believe it. Like, it's all phony baloney. Like, them sent, showing me, oh, this is a big, we don't have the rest of the bones, but we have all these ones. You know, we have a mummified person from a million years ago, but we don't have, you know, this. It's just, I, I hate science. I don't believe in it. <laughs> science is stupid. So I will say, um, so my daughter's obsessed with dinosaurs, as all children are. Um, if you go to the Natural History Museum, you can actually, there's a, there's a whole section where you can watch real paleontologists work on real dinosaur bones. Mm-hmm. That's what they told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nice thing about you. I, I but feel you like, guys had a good time watching that. I feel <laughs> I like know. I am not going to convince you that dinosaurs are Hell real no. in this episode. This is not going to happen. No, I need, like I said, I need to be there. I need to trip over something in the desert and be like, holy shit, I just found a T Rex. You know what I mean? That's what I need to believe in it. You know what's crazy is that they are coming, and I only know this literally because I have a three year old and like we read tons of books on dinosaurs. I know you're not going to believe this, but um, it's really interesting. They've come out with so many new species of dinosaurs. There's like 50 new species of dinosaurs discovered every year. Yeah. Which is fucking bananas. Didn't they do that with like Harry Potter and all the Twilights and shit? They just kept coming out with more (laughs) to produce more fucking money. Yeah, but I don't (laughs) think they like found Harry Potter books like buried in like the desert. I don't know. And then under a riverbed. And then they know what they look like. Too. I'm like, how do you know what the skin looks like that it was furry? Well, so what they do is they they um, compare them to other creatures that live today that so that like there's a likelihood. And that's why there's so much speculation around dinosaurs and why scientists don't necessarily agree on certain species and how they work, because there is a lot of conjecture for sure. Yeah. Until it's nailed down, I don't believe in it <laughs> until they figure their shit out. All right. Well, I, I, I challenge you, audience. I know there's paleontologists watching this um, because it's just such a wide array of people. Um, you need to convince Dan that dinosaurs exist. And telling me I'm dumb because I don't believe in dinosaurs isn't convincing me either. There you, you go. You have to have actual facts and you stuff. Need to, she doesn't believe in science, but she'd like the scientific method <laughs> to prove it to her. <laughs> exactly. Come with facts. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about one thing that you do believe in, anal. Yes. 
<laughs> you say that you prefer anal over anything else. Can like regular sex. Okay. Um, I would say with a partner. Mm-hmm. I always, I've always said I prefer anal over regular sex, but I definitely should say with a partner. Okay. I don't prefer, like, if I'm just making a scene, I definitely would rather just do regular sex. But okay. for pleasure-wise, to me, it's just more pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. Just mm-hmm. always been that way for me. Um, yeah, just a, a booty girl. Well, so uh, this is something that I learned from Lucy Hart, actually. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, that everybody has a different... So obviously everyone's like buttholes are slightly different, but your anal cavity is different too in terms of how straight it is, how angled it might be, etc. And certain people's anal cavity just accommodates a penis easier than other people's. Yeah. And apparently you can even have surgery to fix your anal cavity Don't. to take dick easier. Don't though, because I, my, I'll just say somebody I know, they definitely don't want me to say their name. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm just going to say somebody I know actually had their butthole fell out because of like hemorrhoids and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they got their butthole refixed and they it got, was, so it prolapsed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they got their butt fixed and it was, it's, they still deal with it to this day. The prolapsing? Like, uh, of No, just issues of it, hurting of it, like different like if there's one thing to not ever get surgery on it's it's the butthole mm. like don't ever mess with your butthole because mm. that muscle is so like you don't want stuff falling out of there yeah no definitely you want to keep that muscle <laughs> that sphincter um speaking of buttholes you've also said that you don't uh, trust people who've never seen their own butthole because they are liars yeah um so liars. can you elaborate on that so many men at going to a room if you're in a, like a new place just ask like if you feel comfortable be like like men have you ever seen your own butthole if, they say, <laughs> if you feel comfortable yeah like if you go to a new place and you feel comfortable so yeah. if you're you know like yeah just ask them have you seen your own butthole if they say no that's such bullshit. Who's never seen their own butthole? Then you know they're a liar and you know you can't trust them. You know you uh, can't trust them as far as you can throw them. So I, okay, so aligned with that, I had a boyfriend who swore to me that he'd never tasted his own cum. And bullshit. I did not believe that. That's that bullshit. I did not believe. He's a liar. He's That's embarrassed about his sex life. Why are we embarrassed about yeah, sex? Yeah, I was like, why would you not want, like, if you're going to make another girl swallow your cum, don't you think that you should have an idea of what it tastes like? I, I'm always tasting myself before before I'm with somebody. It's yeah. respect. And I'm It's just, like making lasagna and not tasting it or something. Yeah. Like, like for the first time and then you serve it to like people like or something like right. that, you know, you have to taste before you, you get. Yeah, I did. I did honestly believe that he was a liar. And it was so funny, too, because he was like, of course I haven't. Like and I could tell from his reaction that he was worried that I was like accusing him of being gay because he'd, <laughs> he like traces. His own, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. some guys are so afraid to be accused of being like, yeah, gay. Like, they're so fucking homophobic. They're like, I don't. You know, yeah. I've never tasted my own cum. Like, what am I, gay? And it's like, no, I didn't ask if you tasted other men's cum. Yeah. Like, I asked if you tasted your own, which comes Obviously. out of your penis, like, literally once a day because men <laughs> masturbate all the fucking time. Yeah. Like, okay, if you masturbate once a day, like most men, that's 365 days a year times, like, you know, however old you are from the day that you started masturbating, which was probably in your, like, fucking mid-teens, right? Mm-hmm. Not once, not once you tasted your cum. I don't. It's bullshit. it's bullshit. Yeah, it's all bullshit. I don't even remember a time in my life where I didn't know what my vagina tasted like. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've just always known. I feel like yeah, it's just something that you check. It's just personal hygiene. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's like you know how like monkeys like pick things off their body. Yeah. I feel like it's like they, like you should be smell smelling. <laughs> like it should be like your natural instinct. Yeah. You know? You want to, like, check everything's okay down there. Yeah. Because, you know, we have different days. Our pH level changes. We, you know, have periods. And, you know, it's not not always the same. Mm -hmm. Every day is a different day for your vagina. Oh, whenever I tell, like, my friends, like, who aren't in the industry about, like, boric acid, I'll straight up be like, oh, if you find a day where you taste a little off, blah, blah, blah. I'll just straight up say it. Like, if you find a day where you taste off, I don't even ask them, like, do you taste yourself? I'll just be like, I'll just assume that they do, you Mm -hmm. know? And I'll be like, use this, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's interesting how when you get into the adult industry and you start like having sex for a living, how comfortable you become 
about talking about hygiene and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like girls definitely kind of swap stories and educate each other on yeah. like the best ways to keep yourself clean and prevent yeast infections and stuff like that, which is just like a lovely like sisterhood. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's so supportive. It's for the most part. It's very yeah. supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any onset anal horror stories? No, I don't do anal onset like with anybody. I just do okay, it so like you in my – prefer it, but then you – It's my you, personal life thing. In your personal life, yeah. but you keep it from everybody else. Yeah. Well, how do we know? How do we know if you like anal? If you do, if we don't see it? Well, I could be a big fat liar. But, you could be a big fat liar. But who knows? Just like those fucking paleontologists. <laughs> I know. Fucking if you're not showing us on camera that you I like do anal, show on camera though. I just don't. I only do it with like couple. Like there's really. I did it more in Mich- Michigan because mm-hmm. where I had people I worked with where I was really comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do it with people I'm comfortable with, and that's very small, select people. Um, so you've only done it like for your OnlyFans is what you're saying. Yeah. I don't do it professionally because right. I don't want to poop on anybody and be that girl who pooped on somebody, you know? I mean. And everybody has. Like, yeah, I mean, they, like, like, they thing, don't know, but like, it they, happens a lot. It does happen. And like, but people, everyone takes it. Look, if you're somebody who works on porn and somebody has a poop accident and you don't take that shit in stride, then you're not a professional. Like, we've yeah. all seen it. Like, nobody freaks out. It's not that big. But I just, I'm not ready yet. And I'm sure I'll get there soon because yeah. I'm a very quick adapter, you mm-hmm. know, like to take things on it's just like more of a, n- a nerve thing yeah i one time tried to douche my ass before an anal scene mm. yeah no i had to cancel that scene i've never done that what happened <laughs> you know like people give themselves enemas yeah i know th- i know that's what i'm thinking because i'm like okay the enema and douche they're both liquid but obviously they're different kinds of liquid so like what wait why the- are they different liquids i don't know I just assumed they were. I always pour the liquid. I just pour the liquid out of the douche and I refill the douche. With water. Yeah. But when you do an is enema. enema not water? Is that why my butt hurts so fucking bad when I gave myself an anal douche? I don't know. I literally, you know that feeling when you like have the runs and you're like, I'm sick. Like yeah. you start sweating. Yeah. That's what happened the second I squeezed the bottle into my butt. But did you empty out the bottle and put in water? Yeah. And so I just wasn't. I, I got so sick. I was like, <laughs> so because in douche it's like a vinegar solution, right? Like a very some, some mild them, yeah. di- vinegar solution. So even though you took the water out, there might have been some vinegar residue left. No, no. This was just a, a matter of getting water in my butt. I found out if I get water in my butt, it makes me feel like I have to throw up. Huh. <laughs> so you've never had a colonic. Like a one by a doctor. Yeah. No. no. Are- well, not one by anybody else either, but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> colonics are, they're intense. Yeah. Tom. It's like the most uncomfortable 45 minutes of your life. No. I feel great after. My brother used to have to drink all that shit to get his intestines cleared out mm. and all that stuff. But no, I've never had anything like that. So did you ever try an actual enema or did you only no, try the douche as an enema? No, I just tried the enema, douche. Like, and and then, you had a bad experience. Yeah, and then it got the water got trapped up there too. So later yeah, on, later on I was walking and it all of a sudden just was, like my water broke. Oh, no. I what was like, butt water? my butt water broke. I was like, what is this bullshit? I go, so I go tell everybody now, don't douche your ass before a scene. Oh. No. Yeah. Where crap. were you? I was at my house. I canceled okay, the good. scene. You were, okay. I canceled the scene okay. right away. Like, like the, the, the second gro- I went. You weren't like the grocery store. No. I think I stayed home. I felt like I had the flu. I was so, I was like, this is horrible. Wow. It like, it's something like, you know how like when you touch your, the mm-hmm. little dangly thing makes you feel like you got a gag? Mm-hmm. I have that in my butt. Yeah, you have a gag reflex. I do. Yeah, you love anal. That's so interesting. Yeah, wait, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I keep just being, I'm a hypocrite all over this podcast today. I don't know what's going on. So um, you were open about um, trying Ozempic, which Mm -hmm. I'm interested in because that's something that, you know, like it's like the drug Weight loss drug to the stars now, and so many people are on it. So many people in the adult industry are on it, and it's been uh, it's been really like interesting to see like all these people have gotten really skinny. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a lot of 
conversation around the concern that it's very bad for your body and very damaging and cause like permanent digestion issues. So what was your experience? I hate it. I'm on it now. Um, I use it. Oh, so you wrong- are on it now. Yeah. I use but it. You the- hate it. Yeah. I use it the wrong way though. I use it a little bit different than the way other people use it. Okay. So I'm on semaglutide, which is basic. It's just sister drug to mm-hmm. Ozempic. Um, and it makes me feel so sick. The drug, the dose that you, everybody starts with, that made me so sick that I had to go even below. Like I'm on like the smallest dose you can possibly be on for it. When you say sick, like like how like what did it make I, you? you feel I like? couldn't eat. I was sweating. I was throwing up. Um, yeah. I went to the hospital because my the mix of my anxiety with. Um, <clears throat> Like, not the not hungry. Like, I just couldn't eat or drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to get the I, guy come to my house because you can do that here in California, luckily. And then he gave me an IV, you know, so I could get some fluids in me. Um, so it just makes you feel really bad. And so I, I now I'm on a really, really smaller dose. And I just take it when I start, like, getting really hungry again. Mm-hmm. Like when my appetite comes back and I'm like eating like four time, like four meals a day and um, mm-hmm. all the time, then I just do a tiny dose mm-hmm. and then it gets my appetite down again. Mm-hmm. But I have no, like you said, digestion. There's only like, I can only eat certain things when I'm on it. Like mm-hmm. other things just sit in my stomach forever. It feels like, 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 like you're not digesting. Your yeah. Food like properly. you don't digest it like fully some things like what like carbs or yeah like i feel like the only thing i really eat when i'm on ozempic is acai bowls and and that's and my sugars it's a sugar med right it's for diabetes Mm -hmm. so it's like if i'm only eating sugar too like even if it's natural sugar i'm sure this isn't good for me like something's Mm -hmm. i don't know it's not good but i'm also plus i'm a short way out or quick way out girl you know, plastic surgery girly. I'm a, you know, lipo girly, all that stuff. So I'm a quick way out girl. But I tried to lose the, like, 10 pounds I wanted um, and by eating healthy, exercising, and I just couldn't. Like, yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. Like, I used to be able to when I was younger. But yeah. I think I'm finally at a point where I just can't, like, get these extra ones off as easy anymore. You know, it's hard. And I remember when I was in college, if I felt like I was putting on some weight, I would just like literally eat tuna bowls, like tuna for dinner Mm -hmm. every night. And then like in four days, I'd be back to like whatever I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, But it's definitely harder to lose it when you get older. And I mean, I I understand where you're at because I got lipo um, in July. Mm -hmm. And that was after I had a baby. And I really... And I remember, like, when I when I talked about it, there was a lot of criticism that I got, which is normal. And look, like, I think people should be suspicious of plastic surgery simply because, like, it can be dangerous and you want to make sure that yeah. you do it correctly. So I don't think that, like, everybody should buy into it automatically. So I'm mm-hmm. totally down for people who are like, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Like, I understand that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for me, I mean, I really tried to eat healthy I you know went to the gym and you know I like I go to Orange Theory which is like a very I know hard I, class so I like, went I'm there not, like, once yeah I'm not Never like went fucking again. around like I'm really trying yeah you definitely and, are um, but I'm also like I'm not somebody who has the time or the inclination to go to the gym every single day for two hours mm-hmm. and to eat like only salads like you know I have a life mm-hmm. so I thought about it for a while and I was just kind of like you know what I work really hard to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like where my focus is. So I'm going to use the money that I've worked very hard for to achieve these results that I've been unable to get at the gym with mm-hmm. hard work. But like I don't have the focus where I'm going to go to the gym two yeah. hours a day every day. So and for me, that felt like a fair trade off. Yeah. And who cares? It's your body anyway. So yeah. If exactly. you wanted to do the opposite of lipo, get if you wanted to fill your body up, who cares? Like yeah. you know, it's yeah. your body. You can do what you want. Like, yeah, I, I, that's why I'm so open about my surgery. I have there's some girls that in the porn industry that I hang out with, and we'll be with people, and they'll be like, "Oh, I like you know, I like this on you," and they'll be like, "Like, did you get any work?" And they'll be like, "No," and I'm like, "Girl, I know where scars are for that. Yeah. I see them." You know, like when we were drunk, you told me you had surgery, mm-hmm. you know, like stuff like that. And yeah. I'm like, you're doing nobody favors by lying about it. And that's a thing. I think that people are so ashamed to talk about having plastic surgery because Weird. they feel like 
they should be the kind of person who gets there naturally or who is naturally like that. And the, the truth is, is like that is not the case mm-hmm. for 99% of the people on the fucking planet. Yeah. You know, and if you want to use some other methods to achieve the look that you want, I think you should be honest about it because it's not fair to other people who might look at that person and be like, God, they're so perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they're just like that. And like, I'm just like this. And, you know, but if you can understand that, like they took these extra steps to get there, I think that that, it just it's just more honest. Yeah. You know? I and doesn't set agree. like unreasonable expectations yeah. for people to have about themselves and their bodies. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's just better to be honest about it. But. Yeah. There's something and I personally like I love people that just fucking own their shit. Yeah. There's something very refreshing about honesty, you know, yeah. in a world where we're just all so full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Including all those paleontologists yeah. out there. Freaking dinosaur liars. Dinosaur life. Just make a bunch of shirts made. <laughs> uh, so you just branched out into shooting professional scenes for browsers. Yeah, I love I, them. I love them too. They're my people. They're so nice. Um, so what made you want to film with studios and what made you decide to pick them? Because they're the best. That's I mean, why I picked them. I know that, but <laughs> the audience may need to hear why. Um. No, they're just known for being the best, honestly. Um, that's what made me want to work with them. Every All the top people work with them. Um, I branched out because I wanted to, you know, ex- I'm, I'm a Twitch girl, right? I'm a Twitch girl who gets naked. But now I'm a porn girl and a Twitch girl. So mm-hmm. by doing browsers, it just kind of opens me up to a whole new audience, you know. Like there's a TikTok audience. There's a porn audience. There's a... Uh, Twitch audience, there's, you know, Instagram, and I was nowhere in the porn audience. Mm-hmm. But now I am because I'm, in, like, working with brassers. So mm-hmm. that's good. Tell us about your scene that you did for them. Um, well, I've done a couple scenes for them. Um, like, well, not even, like, I've done, like, promos, like, days mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and it's just been really good. My first scene got released this year, uh, which was um, the Come Blast podcast. <laughs> <laughs> with Manuel Ferreira. Um, that was good. It was it was funny. It was like a little like sneaky, you know, they're a little a sneaky scenario. Uh-huh. Um and yeah, it was good. Browsers loves their sneaky scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, we're having sex under a table, but that was it. Here and nobody knows that I'm having sex that under a table. It. That was it. That was literally my scene. <laughs> literally every browser scene. <laughs> and it's such table. a bitch to shoot, too, because like I remember I'd get the script from them and I'd be like, fuck, now I gotta find a table that you can see underneath it. it you know what I mean? Like that's funny. It got to the point where I was like, okay, they like they were quite I would have to find out what the scene was before I could book the location. Yeah. Because they require very specific furniture. Yeah. Like, if you have to be able to see something happening underneath the table, yeah. I can't have a table that, you know, is enclosed on all sides. It has to be open, and not all locations have that kind of table. Yeah. So it became kind of like a thing where I was like, I need to know what I'm shooting because you're going to give me some fucking scene that I can't shoot there because, like, I can't see under the table. Yeah. Manuel had to get out of his chair and go on his knees and pretend he was in his chair. Like, it, yeah. Was, yeah. it was hard. Lots but. of camera magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is porn your long-term career plan or do you have other life goals outside of it? I don't plan to do this forever. I just want to make enough money to do my animal stuff. And then I want to do my streaming and all that. You know, I would – yeah, I just want to get away. It's a lot of a lot of work and it's a lot of mental struggle with that, what we were talking about earlier. It's mm-hmm. just a lot on my mental, um, this industry, trying to handle – what I was taught when I was younger and Mm -hmm. you know so it's a lot so I'm trying to get out of it by the time I hit like 35 I'm hoping Mm -hmm. um I'm in invest all my money right now and try and yeah I'm trying to move over to animals around 35 Mm -hmm. but we'll see (laughs) we'll see what's your so what's your ultimate dream with animal rescue well I wanted to open up an animal sanctuary but then when I came here I realized that dogs were a bigger issue like dogs in shelters were a bigger issue than like that's it's not as big of an issue in michigan or in northern states in general like the colder states because there's not as many stray animals so they don't have kill shelters but like here it's like so bad so i um so i kind of tweaked my dream a little bit and i think i want to go 
towards like dog transportation where you transfer like dogs from, you know, packed facilities to least packed facilities lesser pack facilities mm-hmm. that's what i want to do i think but we'll mm-hmm. see what the problem is with animals when i'm 35 hopefully that's not a problem anymore yeah like yeah so yeah well i love that yeah well thank you so much for coming on yeah, no um problem. i do have a couple of questions for you for my patreon members which okay. we will save for another quick little segment after this if that's okay cool sounds good and then can you tell everybody where they can find you online I am the Dan Dangler on everything. Even if it doesn't pop up, search it because I'm probably shadow banned. So just search <laughs> it. It's there. The Dan Dangler. All one word. Perfect. <laughs> and you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. Of course, if you want to support this podcast, watch these videos while they're streamed live and get access to special bonus Q&As like the one we're about to do. Go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered. Thank you guys so much for joining, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. A great way to show your love is to rate and review my show, and an easy way to do that is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU, and you'll be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports, and then led to where you can leave your review. And if you can afford to financially support this podcast, you can do so for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is where you'll get access to the live streams of my interviews, bonus Q&As with my guests, access to my fine art photography and behind the scenes of my shoots, free memberships to my not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, and so much more. You can watch the video versions of these podcasts at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Join us every Sunday evening for episode premieres where you can chat live with myself and other HRU fans as we watch the newest release together. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All of my social media links are at hollylinks.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.